The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to Queen Community Pod. Hi! Are you going to be part of the podcast, Lumi? Yeah. Are you part of the show? The Christmas Goblin. The Christmas Goblin is here to tell you. I love her ears. To give her treats or else she'll fart on you. She will. You're going to see Sienna this year? You want to tell Sienna what you want? She looks <laughs> She looks kind of drunk. Like falling. She's you falling asleep. You have too asleep. much eggnog. She's falling asleep is what it you is. You have too much eggnog. She's had a big day, I guess. She had a long, <laughs> big day. Um, a big day of doing nothing. <laughs> a big day of doing absolutely nothing. It's hard work. Yeah. It's hard work. So, this is Cron the Macabre. I'm Katie Adkins. I'm Hunter Moore. And this is Lumi. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, we don't want to hide our favorite Christmas ornament, oh, the 2020 dumpster fire. We love it. Love I'm that. Waiting, I'm waiting for my 2021 ornament to arrive to commemorate another pretty garbage year. I want, I kind of, like, I know it's not 2020 anymore, but I still want to buy that ornament. I mean, you lived through 2020, and I feel like... I feel like I deserve an I ornament. I feel like you have every right to um, acknowledge what a shit time it was. I want my 2021 <laughs> ornament to be a the boat stuck in the canal. The Suez Canal. That's the, what um, I want. The ever evergreen. That's my Christmas ever, wish. Ever lane. Was it evergreen? I don't know. The evergreen, I think. It was the ever something. Yeah, the ever stuck. If it <laughs> if it was evergreen, that would actually be very fitting for a Christmas ornament. That would be. That would be really cute. I want to eventually one day when I don't need to keep my vaccination card in my wallet, I want to make You have to keep it in your ornament. wallet? I keep mine on my fridge. I keep mine on, in my wallet because sometimes oh, I needed it once and now it lives in my wallet. Okay, I take a photo of it. And so, if, like, people... That's a much smarter idea. (laughs) (laughs) So, I actually, like, the one time in my life where I was thinking on, like, the highest level was with my vaccine card because I put it... I didn't get it laminated where you can't continue to write on it. I put it in a Ziploc, like, badge bag where it's, like, still technically laminated, but it has a Ziploc seal at the top. That's so smart. And it still has a little hole where it could be attached to a lanyard if you wanted. And so I have that so I can so I can take it out and put it back in in the plastic. And I keep it on my fridge and keep a photo of it. And that's where I like and the best part about this is when I actually got my vaccine, I had a one star brain. That was my five star brain. (laughs) My one star brain was showing up to the vaccine without any form of identification and desperately having to go through my emails to find a photo of my passport because I knew it was somewhere in my photos only yeah. to find out I had a photo of my expired passport no. <laughs> but they were like oh my god just take the vaccine <laughs> at that point they were like we believe you're a citizen like just fucking go I mean like at the end of the day they just want everyone to be vaccinated so I mean I guess but there's like a protocol to like have to make sure you're like a U.S. citizen and stuff because they're yes. like I feel like it should just be like show up and you get stuck and everyone's better for it. Yeah, well. But this is why I don't run the government. Merry Christmas. Get a vaccine. Do it.
And if you've already done it, get your booster. I got my booster. I got my booster, and I feel great about it. Today I got asked, like, it almost felt like we were talking about makeup. Kinsey was like, which one did you get? Like, <laughs> and it, so, it is like a conversation topic. Like, it, <laughs> like which one did you get? I got of, Pfizer. It reminds me of in Pokemon Go, the three teams, like, yeah. Valor. <laughs> <laughs> which was, I feel like Pfizer is Team Valor. I feel like it's the most popular one. Yeah. And then I feel like Moderna is definitely, like, blue team. Like, it's definitely Mystic. Team Mystic. And then I felt like the Johnson & Johnson ones is, like, <laughs> is Team Instinct. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, like, <laughs> as Team Valor, I got Pfizer. So well? I don't know, but it does. It's canon and we're going with it now. But I feel like Moderna has, like, very mystic vibes, you know, it, where it's, like, I didn't go super popular, but I picked the cool one. I feel like everyone who got Moderna got Moderna for a reason, whereas, like, I just showed up and I was, like, I just want a good one. And they were, mm-hmm. like, okay, Pfizer. Good. Like, that's what we have. It's what you get. That's what you get. And I felt really good about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I feel like Moderna people, like, probably looked for where they could get a Moderna one. Yeah, my mom was, like, I got, like, the only people who ask me which one they get are the ones who get Moderna. It's, like, people who buy, um, designer. <laughs> who are you wearing? Like, <laughs> who did you get? I got Moderna. <laughs> This is the latest on your vaccine trends. Of course, my mom got Moderna, and she asked me, because people who get Pfizer don't ask me which which one I got, and the people who got Johnson Johnson, I don't know if I even know anybody who got that one. I think my booster booster was a different one. My booster was also Pfizer, and the reason why this got brought up in conversation today is because I was asked, what booster did I get? And I was like, Pfizer, and I picked Pfizer mostly just because... I thought that it was good to keep up with the same brand since I got Pfizer originally. I was like, oh, it'll probably like strengthen the first one. I'm not a vaccine scientist. Hunter's cousin is, but I am not. It's he is, isn't he? Yeah. Shout out to you, Matt. (laughs) As we talked about in a previous episode. (laughs) He would he would know. I I read that if you switch it up mix it that's what Kenzie told me today and I was like fuck so she got Moderna just to switch it up on the booster to try to like cross streams as a like a better term cross streams streams. it was weird that when I went to get my booster I like asked the people there like thinking that they would have the best most up-to-date answers yeah I was like should I get a, a different kind like, they say, like, on the news, and they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, the thing where, like, people are saying if you mix it, that it makes it stronger? And they are like, oh, I think I've heard of that. And, you know, I don't know. The actual vaccine people said this? Yeah, and I was like, cool. <laughs> cool. Wow. I feel personally good about that because yeah. if it, like, didn't register at all in their mind. As something that matters. As something that matters. Yeah. And, like, clearly I'm good either way. So, in addition to uh, booster and vaccines as a promising Christmas gift to give to your loved one, Christmas crimes, I think, you thought of Christmas crimes, right? I think, well, like, like, like crimes on Christmas? Yeah, because I had, because I remembered the, the, the Halloween thing where people would steal pumpkins. Yeah. And there were all of those, like, TikToks about people trying to deter people from stealing pumpkins. Like, they would, like, cover it with hot sauce. Or they would cover it with like a bunch of little acupuncture needles or a super glue 
To get people from stealing to them? to stop people from, like, they would steal this pumpkin. How would hot sauce steal anyone? Well, I mean, I they think would, would stop deers from eating it, I guess. They would still steal the pumpkin, but then when they went to pee, spicy dick or spicy Wait, vagina, these people were eating the pumpkins? No, you pick up the pumpkin. And guys, like, I think oh, they, like... Oh, you touch your I think penis. They, I think they hold... I was, like, in my mind with my, like, <laughs> vagina. I was, like... What, you eat it? Like, <laughs> how could your pee? No, okay, yeah, I guess if you're holding... <gasps> Sorry, that reminded me. In our revenge episode, <laughs> way back when, there was a revenge episode where a girl found out that her husband or boyfriend was cheating on her, so she... So you know how you can reseal, like, plastic uh-huh. packages? Yeah. So she stole the box of condoms that was in his car... And, like, opened them up and soaked the condoms in um, jalapeno juice and then, like, resealed it. Ooh. And she found out very quickly that he was cheating because she was like, if he doesn't come home and he's not, like, in pain for, like, some unknown reason. That, yeah, I, And he came home one day in a lot of pain and, like, wouldn't tell her why. And she was just like, cool, that's all the confirmation I needed. Well, I was thinking, like, I've heard of all these, like, Halloween things that happen, like, goofy, like, pranks and whatever, but I hadn't really heard of any Christmas ones. Christmas pranks? Christmas pranks. Christmas... I don't know any Christmas pranks either. Christmas mischief. Besides Um, Elf on the Shelf, I guess. Besides that, and so I... And, like, I feel like Christmas crimes or, like, Christmas episodes can, like, because it's a holiday, I feel like whatever happens around that time gets talked about a lot because, like, everyone wants to do mm-hmm. a Christmas episode or, like, a Valentine's Day episode or whatever. Yeah, we're doing the special, the Christmas special. It gets more viewers or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so I wanted to do something that wasn't, like, like, a big, like, scary crime that, like, everyone knew about. I wanted to do something goofy and, like... Yeah. Like, it's not a big deal. So, like, I had never heard of my segment before, um, and it was really fun to read about it, and I really enjoyed the topic, and I'm very excited to share my knowledge. But in the search for my story, I found a list of Appalachian traditions and Suspicions. Suspicions? Suspicions? Not suspicions. Superstitions. Superstitions. <laughs> I was like, those Appalachian suspicions. Super sus. <laughs> super sus Mothman. Traditions and superstitions, um, like Christmas Appalachian stories, and some of them over bananas. And okay. I would like to share some of those with you. I'm very excited to hear about these. But I found it on this blog of this guy, um, like, grew up in the Appalachian Mountains, and it's just, like, stuff he wants to talk about, and it's this, like, older guy, and but he has, like, tons and tons of detail and props to him. I also didn't realize until recently that it's pronounced Appalachian and not Appalachian. I feel like where you grew up in Atlanta was a lot was a lot more accent neutral where I grew up around a variety of accents because I feel like the city is very like neutral accent yeah whereas like my mom who grew up in you know Decatur had has some of a southern twang to her talk hers more of like that soft southern more than like the country yeah 
you know, um, whereas my dad is like from California and still calls people like flake and like chick and like dude. He's probably the only 57, 57, 67 year old man who calls people dude and it doesn't seem to sound weird <laughs> because he grew up on like Huntington Beach, California. Uh-oh. And he did surf. <laughs> so he, like, still has, like, some of that, like, 70s California um, slang. Cool. If that makes sense. Yes. Which sounds, which can sound really cringy and outdated now. But I think it's funny and, like, endearing. I think you just have to, like, go into it with an open mind. Yeah. And then meanwhile, my neighbors were, like, German. And then I had another neighbor that was, uh, like, British. And, like, and and then I had a couple of, like, New York Italian neighbors. And, like, there was a lot of accents in the neighborhood I grew up in. Everyone I grew up with, we all sounded the same. And I, accents to me would be, like, when my mom would talk to people in her family back in Mississippi on the phone. Mm -hmm. And she would be like, hey, can you go get me this? Oh, hey, honey, how are you? Haven't heard from you in a while. Just, like, while she's on the phone with this person, and she would switch back and forth. It's so weird. So it's so weird how they it, do that. It it's is. so weird. And my mom does the same thing where she'll be, like, sobbing and be like, hi, Kathy. Yeah, like, it's like. Oh, you looked cute in that skirt on the tennis court today. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, who are you? Like, who did what you What have become? you done with my mother? What is this? The instant switch into the, the accent. That's just super weird to me. And, like, she does it without thinking. Like, I know it's not on purpose because she will have a conversation with me and a conversation on the phone at the same time. And, like, her accent changes perfectly based on who she's talking to. That's crazy. And it is the weirdest thing. But it's – and it's only – I can tell if she's talking to someone with an accent because she, like, matches it. It's it's wild. <laughs> the number of times growing up, like if I would go like on a road trip or something, and people would be like, "Where are you from?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm from Atlanta." You don't have an accent. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm from Atlanta." Well, yeah, I'm from <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> like I don't know. I'm yes, I live in the South, but I I don't necessarily like identify as like Southern. I agree. Even though I grew up not in Atlanta, but I grew up in Roswell, which is. Where I grew up is so hard to describe now because it changed cities. So I grew up technically in Roswell, but I was on the border of Roswell and Alpharetta. And on that border now is now a third city that was born about 15 years ago named Johns Creek. Like literally I would leave my neighborhood and the sign would say, you are now entering Roswell. (laughs) So like where I lived was like confusing to explain to people. Well, like where I live, like sort of Buckhead-ish. Yeah. Like, they're trying to become their own city now. Which, like, why does it need to be its own city? It's, I guess it's because for, it's the... Oh, it's you know what? It's for voting. It's for voting. They get, they like, want to be, like, a Republican area because they they're like, rich. And they get more representation. Like, if, you're, if they're their own city, they get, like, more votes or something like that. That's so ridiculous. There's, like, It's just so because much, where the rich people live. But that's what's happening to all of Atlanta. It's, like, zoning and, like, all of this stuff is, like, just a tool for fucking politicians to move their goddamn conservative agenda forwards. And it's nonsense. I did see somewhere that someone was counting coming as Atlanta. Or I was like, 
coming is like an hour away from Atlanta. What are you talking about? Coming is, no. It was like, I was looking at some sort of drop down menu. Forgot exactly what it was for, but I typed in Atlanta and then a bunch of Atlanta Georgias came up, but in parentheses was like Roswell, Alpharetta. Well, there's coming. Like, like and on, I was like, the fuck is this? It's like on LinkedIn. Like, you can choose, like, Atlanta, Metro Atlanta, Metropolitan to Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> and it's like, they're all different. Downtown Atlanta. But literally, like, literally, like, North Fulton. South I also Fulton, saw. Just like, and I don't know the difference. I saw another one where it said North Atlanta. Oh, on that same drop down, it said North Atlanta. And I was like, is that Buckhead? What is North Atlanta? I know where the it's, North Atlanta High School is. It's the dumbest shit. But that's in Buckhead. The city of Atlanta <laughs> is like 500 miles in diameter. It's For people in this conversation now who know nothing about Atlanta, <laughs> I just, Buckhead is the northern part of the Atlanta city, and it is considered part of the city of Atlanta. Think of like the uh, neighborhoods in New York, how they have different names, New York City. The boroughs. The boroughs, that's what the word was. The, the boroughs. Bur- like, consider... Buckhead like a borough, but it's like the really rich people one. And then there's like the Virginia Highlands. Yeah. And then there's like and there's downtown. And then there's there's just not as many as New York is because like I don't think it's as big. But they're all very different. But they are all very different neighborhoods. And like you know exactly <clears throat> when you've crossed into another one. Yeah, if you start seeing a lot of graffiti, but it seems like it was done by an artist, you've reached like Virginia Highlands. <laughs> But if you see, like, a bunch of designer stores and, like, really nice fancy shit, you're in Buckhead. Yeah. And if... If you see a bunch of, like, CBD stores and, like, crystal shops, you're in Little Five Points. You're in Little Five Points. (laughs) It is the dumbest... It's really dumb. ...thing, and... You know the craziest part about the North Atlanta uh, public school is that uh, even though it's in a really rich neighborhood, none of the rich kids go there because they're all in private school. Mm-hmm. Because there's a crap ton of private schools there. So if you actually like North Atlanta was lived, like my high school's rival, like football school or whatever. Yeah. And I remember like, because my school, like, you know, inner city. So like lots of like black kids, white kids, you know, Hispanic, like very diverse, like definitely middle income kind of thing. And so I thought in North Atlanta, like, it looked like the same kids. So I was like, okay, same, like, demographic, same area. No. And then I went to North Atlanta High School to take my SAT. I remember when I got there, I was like, why is there, like, a Whole Foods over there? And there's a Louis Vuitton store. If you stepped off of their campus, you were in Buckhead Betty Land. But But the school itself looked like a shit. jail it looked like a prison. prison there were bars on the windows yeah so my first boyfriend went to north atlanta before his parents then put him in uh atlanta international school which oh. is what yeah sorry, <laughs> sorry. yeah oh, i couldn't stop myself <laughs> yeah which is like the like private school yeah that's and, like, like the, the top tier if you don't want to do like like your dad is friends with ludicrous you go to atlanta <laughs> yeah. international school yeah. like you're like like where i lived is like your neighbors with usher but like that was like 
your like ludicrous's producer like (laughs) like you were you were usher's producer and like owned the studio he recorded at it was a different tier you're being bred to like be the next president of the united states yeah like like i was so so since that boyfriend i dated moved to that school as we were dating I also met a bunch of people who went to that school and we became friends and that was super weird because I was invited to their parties because no one at my own fucking high school was ever going to invite me to a goddamn party I had to outsource being popular okay (laughs) (laughs) I had to outsource it yeah (laughs) so that's what happened and so I would go to these kids parties and I'd walk in and be like oh I see you're going to the Swiss Alps for like the entire winter break because you have your ski house there. <laughs> like, oh my God. They're like watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians and relating. Like, it was just another fucking world. I was like, this is borderline uncomfortable. But what I did love is that because they were an international school, I don't even think they had a football team. It was only soccer. No. Because they were all, like, from other countries. So the only sport they actually cared about was soccer. And I thought that was great. And so their soccer games were really fun. <laughs> I went to the Inter- Atlanta International School to see a mus- their musical. Because Sorry. my ex was one of his friends went there. And she was Belle in Beauty and the Beast. And when I tell you that this musical was a full-on fucking Broadway production. yeah. She, the, his friend, um, who was Belle went to like one of the like top like opera training schools in the country during the summer. Like, like it was full on, like costumes were insane. And I'm just like me being from public school with like low funded theater program, good program, very, very low budget, low funds, low budget. Um, I was just like, oh, like what is happening right now? Yeah. Everyone was, like, the choreographer. Like, they had a choreographer. They had um, a live orchestra. They ha- It was insane. It was nuts. I just We had a live like, orchestra. I was in the middle thing. See, that's the thing is I grew up, like, in the middle ground of that, where it was like, we have an orchestra pit, but all of our money came from, like, really rich parents who wanted their kids in the shows. Yeah. And that's where most of our funding came from wasn't really from the school. The school itself didn't make enough money to do it, whereas, like, AIS did. But, like, we just happened to have, like, a couple really rich parents in Dunwoody who were like, here's a shit ton of money. Yeah. Because I feel like like the people who lived in Dunwoody are the people who just didn't want to pay the taxes to live in Buckhead. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what that place is. Anyways, so uh, those kids get a lot more from Santa than we do. <laughs> Bring they, it back they to got Christmas. Like, on brand Birkenstocks for Christmas. Everyone at my school had that shit, and I was like, "Why are you spending so much money on the ugliest shoes I've ever seen?" And I was twelve and saying, "I this. wanted them so bad. I hated them. I, I remember hated my, them. I, I got like the off-brand like Birkenstocks, and I was ashamed." I was mortified and I wouldn't wear them to school. And my I mom would be like, thing. why aren't you wearing this? Like, Santa got this for you. Santa spent his money on this for you and you're not wearing it. And like, 
First of all, they didn't look anything like the actual Birkenstocks. Like, oh, well, then they weren't not, even, like, off-brand. Yeah, it was bad. Just clo- they were just clogs at that yes, point. it was bad. <laughs> Which, by this way, Birkenstocks today look like those Jesus sandals. Birkenstocks <laughs> in 2004 looked like these flat clogs, essentially. Imagine a clog with no heel, but it's, like, a moleskin like cover for the clog part it was was weird everyone claimed they're so comfortable and I mostly was just sort of like I never I was never comfortable because they had that little lip at the the heel yeah it went up on the heel it went up and it was like hard and so it cut into you and so if you stepped on it wrong you're like stepping on a sharp edge every time you move your foot like anyways those things did not look comfortable Birkenstocks my little Avril Lavigne ass was just like, <laughs> I literally got Converse that went up to my knee. I They were purple and black. I would have loved to wear those, but I also <laughs> would not have been brave enough. I was, but like, I also wasn't. I would wear them and then wear like jeans over it, but <laughs> I know. Every once in a while, like when I wasn't at school, I'd wear it on the weekend with like shorts or a skirt. To do the full Avril Lavigne vibe, I but I was too scared it. to do it at school, so I yeah. did it like during summertime and on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, back to Christmas. Back to Christmas. <laughs> so sorry. How about you go into your things? I'm very excited. Yes. So first, I'm gonna just give you like a couple really quick Appalachian Christmas traditions and superstitions. I nailed it that time. You totally did. This is from the website roadside.org. Although the name of the website is Roadside Theater, Art and a Democracy, which doesn't make any sense to me. But some of my favorites, um, children born on January 6th, um, which is what Christmas used to be. Like that was like old Christmas day Mm -hmm. jesus's birthday but then like the romans moved it to the 25th or something i don't know oh yeah everyone moved his fucking birthday around yeah it was because of the holidays that they were celebrating they were trying to claim something in winter time and they were like well the pagans like yule so we have to take it Mm mm-hmm and yeah, so the Pope, it was weird. They were like, the Pope we want it. to take these things from the pagans, but we also hate the pagans. But we also need the pagans to convert. So if we celebrate things the same day as them, and this then is actually, it'll help the conversion. These are actually really funny because it's like, for instance, um, okay, water turns to wine at midnight on Christmas Eve, what? but it's bad luck to taste it. What? Uh-huh. So you're just left with a cup of mystery? Or, if you sit under a pine tree on Christmas Day, you can hear angels sing. But, beware, if you hear them, you'll be on your way to heaven before next Christmas. So it's like, all of these magical things can happen, but they're bad. Yeah, because magic's bad and Jesus does not approve of magic. Unless he does it. He's the only magician we agree on. Yes, so it's like this weird (laughs) thing of like, this cool thing happens, but it's only cool if Jesus does it, okay? So it's like the weirdest things. But then there's one, there are ones like, um, it is bad luck for a cat to meow on Christmas Day. If it does, evil spirits will visit every day during the coming year. Well, I'm fucked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got cheese, and he's a loud motherfucker. Um, so keep your cats happy on Christmas. Don't let them meow at you. God forbid. I like this one. This is like a, a Christmas loophole, if okay. you will. Yeah. Um, angels are so busy celebrating the birth of Christ that one hour before Christmas, 
the gates of heaven are left unattended. Anyone passing over at this hour has a good chance of sneaking into heaven without having to give account. Oh my god, could you imagine just committing suicide just in case? That's what I was thinking. It's like That's so fucked up. I know. That's so fucked That's up. That's what I was thinking. It's like so fucked up. And this seems like the worst idea because like I the think... only way you can benefit from this is one hour out of the entire year. And like what if your grandpa passed away an hour before? You hope you hope your grandpa wasn't a skeeve, <laughs> I guess. Single girls who visit the hog pen at midnight on Christmas Eve can find out the kind of man they'll marry. So a pig. They're going to marry a pig no matter what. No matter what, it's going to be a pig. And I feel like someone's drunk <laughs> uncle showed up to Christmas and was like, hey, you want to know what kind of guy you're going to marry? Go look at that pig pen. And they like took it way too literally because they were probably seven. Honestly. And we're like, oh, we haven't got any insight, please. Well, so this is how you know. If an old hog grunts, First, oh my god, there's more. You will marry an old man if a young pig grunts first. Your husband will be young and handsome. That's a lot. This is just like that's the a weirdest lot. way of like divination. A bit like that reminds me of. Uh, so speaking of weird divination, this whole concept made me think of. Did you ever see the uh, not Huckleberry Finn, but the Tom Sawyer live action movie? No. Okay, I watched it <laughs> a lot as a kid because it kept getting shown at my school. Oh. They were doing some sort of like spring celebration that would be really similar to the whole like dance around the like maypole, maypole kind of thing. And the girls did this thing where they like chant a thing and they like they hold a mirror and you're supposed to like spin around three times and whoever's face it lands on behind you is supposed to be the person you marry and it was a whole cute little plot point because I'm not the guy that sounds fun. The guy in the girl's mirror was like Tom Sawyer or something, and she was like, "Oh my god!" But <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that sounds like a really fun time. But that, yeah, but it was like a bunch of these like eight-year-old girls like spinning around with these mirrors, and I'm like, "This is risky fucking business. It could land on some gross old man or your dad That's or some exactly shit." Exactly the kind of thing where like at a sleepover, you like have the mirror, and you're like, oh, "I'm so dizzy. When am I gonna stop?" And you stop it just on your crush you remember like, mash yes how could yes. you not yes i remember mash how could you not i always had Classic. ricky martin on mine <laughs> <laughs> like i never always got him but he was always an option i had um we would always put like famous people something. and then like one hot boy from our school that we put like as a joke but Mason like Gep. secretly hoped who is this oh wait give me <laughs> <what I'm saying. laughs> I mean, I don't, there's z no way he's listening to this. <laughs> there's no way to, he's listening to this. Mason was. The, His name was Mason? Mason, yeah, that's a name. I know, it's just Mason. Mason, no. <laughs> He, I swear to God, if you look at him now and you look at his picture from like kindergarten, same person. The kid was hot from the time he was born. It's rude. It's annoying he is gorgeous oh my god and every girl everyone like mason everyone yeah. always it never went yeah. away ever like yeah. you would date someone but be like no i still have a crush on mason <laughs> like, that's that's just like rico and he was he was <laughs> he was always top of my list on mash 
Always. So. Oh my god. Yeah, in elementary school, I had a crush on this kid. Everyone did. Even though he was he was a short guy. We knew one day he was gonna get taller. <laughs> he's a little short guy, but he was super cute and he's really nice and his name is Rico. Rico. I'll never forget Rico. I'll never fucking like forget this kid because every girl had a crush on him. And then he grew up to be like the hottest. He grew up to first of all be a professional like ballet dancer. He did like theater and stuff and was really into musical theater so got, like, and a did hot like ballet. Vibe. If anyone who knew me growing up, I mean y'all know, but <laughs> but like he showed up on my TikTok feed one day and of course is popular on TikTok oh and my I God. was like. Rico. And he did like a he did a cosplay of Joe from You or something like that. It it was that TikTok that came up. The TikTok came up not because I knew him, but because of the algorithm knew I watched You. you. And that was weird to like be like Rico. <laughs> like it was when that like mirror wipe trend was oh, happening yeah he did that but like it wiped into him being like joe and then like out of that's it that's crazy and i was just like does he look like him no oh okay <laughs> he just did like an outfit that it was just i don't know he's just he's just now some hot boy on tiktok i mean why not because why not because he why can not? because he's rico because <laughs> he can because he can do that <laughs> Like, he can be in Cats in high school and have no one make fun of him. <laughs> he can do these things. I was made fun of a lot growing up, so I don't know if he did this as a joke, but we did, like, reconnect for a moment in high school, and I was like, oh my god, Rico's talking to me. And he, like, asked me to sneak out of my house at night to meet him. You did it, right? I did not. Of course you didn't. I wouldn't either. I I would be way too fucking scared. Well, here's the thing is that, like, I would have snuck out if it was a girl, but Mm. because it was a guy who I literally hadn't seen since elementary school, I was like, this could be a trap. And even though I really like him. Honestly, smart. Because I think he's cute, and I remember him from, like, my crush when we were kids. I'm like, I don't know who he's hanging out with. And I just got, like, Stranger Danger vibes. Even though I knew him, I was, like, I feel like... And it was because I was bullied so much as a kid that I was, like, I don't know if this is real. And after I said no, he stopped talking to me entirely. Oh, Rico, no. Which made me feel like it was a trap. Because if he actually liked me, he would have kept talking and to me. And if he's cosplaying as Joe. <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe I totally, like, missed a bullet the there. The red flags here. The red flags are, are huge. Astronomical. They're out. They're up. <laughs> They're there. You know what? You have a point. <laughs> Rico's cool, but I don't know if we trust Rico. I don't know if we trust Rico like that. <laughs> Christmas Day dawns an hour earlier than normal, causing elder, poke, and other plants to bud and sprout. Then the earth is again plunged into darkness and the plants wilt until spring. Which just sounds like, I don't know, seasons to me. Yeah, that sounds but exactly a, like seasons. But apparently that was like a superstition. Like it was magic, not just weather But like happening. really, really poetic seasons. I guess. My absolute favorite one. I forgot about this one. This will be the last one. Animals kneel at midnight on Christmas Eve as they did by the manger when Christ was born. They also talk during this time. However... It is bad luck to catch them speaking. How, like, don't tell me I can fucking talk to animals and then tell me, like, if I do, I'm gonna die or, like, it's bad luck. Like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna fucking talk to a goddamn deer or a squirrel or a little bunny rabbit. 
honestly, growing up, if this was the kind of shit that was said to me, I would have been like, you know what? Hell sounds really fun. Let's do it. And let's do it. Yes. Let's go. Yes. I, there's a lot the, of things I get to experience if there. If that's where the talking animals are, then count me in. Yeah. Like, why would I not want to <laughs> hang out with talking animals? So, Appalachian Christmas time sounds like, like it has the ability, or like, it could be really, really dope, but it never will be. I feel like... <laughs> Religion is always adding a level of mysticism to try to bring in the pagans and be like, I know you have your own thing, and I know you're worshiping, like, the earth or your chosen deity or whatever, but, like, did you know that the thing that you're doing is actually us? <laughs> and that you're just a part of us? Now, you don't know it yet, but you love Jesus. They're, like, the original, like... <laughs> it's weird. Well, like, I was doing that before it was cool. <laughs> And it's just sort of like, but you weren't, and you're taking credit for someone else's work. It's like, copy my homework, but like, change the answer. <laughs> and then they didn't. So the stuff that I looked into was depressing as fuck, so I decided not to do it. Nice. Which was... <laughs> Lumi agrees. Yeah, she says, fuck that. <laughs> she was like, I didn't like, I wasn't into it either, honestly. So I kind of had two things where mine... I started off with a list of just goofy Christmas crimes. But then I also did this other thing to advocate for one of my favorite Christmas movies ever, which is Black Christmas. It's a good horror movie. I've seen that. So Black Christmas, I didn't know this until I watched it. I watched Black Christmas <laughs> for the first time like two years ago and didn't realize how much of a fucking classic it is when it comes to horror. It inspired Halloween. Oh. Like it was made in 1974 that was going to be my question. Like, when did it come out? And all of, and it came out the same year as Friday the 13th. So it was when slasher films was, like, the new big idea. Yeah. And so it took um, inspiration from, like, Psycho and, like, Peeping Tom was another Ooh. old horror movie and, like, that kind of thing. And it really made it, like, a blockbuster mm -hmm. kind of a thing. So Black Christmas and Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th became a hit in America first. But Black Christmas became a huge hit in Canada first. Oh. Because it was made, I believe, in Montreal. Okay. Had a lot of interesting things surrounding it, so I had fun facts about, like, the making of Black Christmas, but also I know you haven't seen it. And my problem is, is, like, I want to go more in depth about this movie because I love it, but I also don't want to take the surprise away. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I know you haven't seen it. And I want you to watch it. <laughs> so Maybe I won't. We can do like a little follow up. We'll watch it and then we can yeah. review and discuss. Yeah, I think that would be great because. That sounds fun. The number one thing. That's what we always end up doing anyways. Is I know. talking about a movie after. But the number one thing about Black Christmas that really kind of like was iconic to me growing up and actually was a big reason why I didn't watch it. What kept me away from Black Christmas was its poster. And the fact that it, I knew it was a horror thing around Christmas. But the poster, in my opinion, is just, like, so iconic because it's shocking. And it had to have been shocking in 1974, too, which, like, the 70s, we all know, is the murder decade. Oh, my God. Like, I still look at it and go, like, this is uncomfortable. And the reason why they picked this poster is because they wanted to make people uncomfortable. They were going for the shock factor. Oh, my God. And the caption is literally, if this picture doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. 
And that's the poster they advertised it with. This? This poster? That poster. At this time? At 1974. With all the fucking serial killers running around? Well, this is really before those killers were convicted. <laughs> I know, but, I know, but, like, even then, like, the Hillside Stranglers, they yeah. would put bags yeah. over the head. No, for sure. Oh, my God. That's yep. wild. Yeah. I, I honestly, I mean, I'm not shocked that they, like, were able to make that happen, but I am shocked that they were able to make that happen. It's because they released it in Canada first, and it yeah. became such a huge hit first. It wasn't a hit in America at first because they changed the title because America's racist. People in America were like, Lumi, please. Ma'am. I understand you're against racism, but yeah, this isn't racism the time. racism is bad. Racism is bad. But they were worried that the name Black Christmas, people would think it was a black exploit a, a, a black exploitation film. Even though there's no black people in the fucking movie. Yeah. Huh. So people were worried that like it's marketing to like not the masses, just to black people. And they were worried it wouldn't be a hit because of that. <laughs> which is also racist and <laughs> fucked up. So okay, and so they changed it to Silent Night Evil Night. Which no one was gonna fucking see that movie. It's just a bit of a mouthful. Silent Night Evil. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Mm. It was a terrible title. They should have just stuck with Silent Night. Silent Night would have been better. Either way, Black Christmas is also a fine title. It's yeah. a fine title. Yeah, it's good. But America's racist, so we thought too hard on that. So <laughs> meanwhile, so it's being a huge hit in Canada. No one's seeing it in America. They decide to change it back to Black Christmas in America, and it becomes a hit. It becomes a hit no one ever thought it would be. Yeah. And they made it with under a million dollars. It was half a million dollar budget. So, like, the budget was so low that half all the Half act- a million dollar budget? Mm-hmm. That's, like, nothing. It's nothing. It was about, like, six... It was, like, 600-something thousand is the exact... The exact... The, the approximate <laughs> number. <laughs> Um, I know it was definitely 600 something, something, yeah. something, something. Yeah. And it was so low budget that the actors wore their own clothes. Even though they were well-known people. Like, they were they were people who had done shit but and were known. But they just signed but up for it. The main girl said she took the role because her psychic told her to. Her psychic was like, this movie's going to be a hit and you should do it. And I know you have reservations, but do it. And it was. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I know. <laughs> if it if this was like a comedy movie and like a psychic told the actress to like do that, I'd be like, okay, sure. But like, but it was a horror movie. That's just so on brand, and it all fits so well. And I love that. Yeah, that is amazing. Um, they recorded in an actual sorority house because Black Christmas takes is about a sorority that's being under attack by somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's based off of um, real murders that happened in Canada around that time. Ooh. And um, there was, like, someone who had, I forgot, oh, there's a Canadian killer who was dubbed the vampire ra- rapist. Ooh. Uh, who had killed multiple college-age Ooh. girls in Canada, and so they like, loosely based this character off of him. Mm-hmm. And what I like about the movie is that they gave it lore that isn't in the movie, which adds mystery. But in interviews, like, the writer has, like, answers. 
if oh, that, that's cool. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, um... It's like there's more to learn beyond the So, movie. like, you don't actually learn anything about the killer in the movie, but the writer has the answers about the killer's backstory. And that's what Halloween is. So, Halloween is based off of this idea. So, Black Christmas... You don't see the killer's face. You see POV shots. Mm -hmm. And it was the second horror movie to have ever done that. The first one to have ever done that was um, Peeping Tom, which is a movie nobody cares about. Unless you're super into horror, <laughs> I guess. It was made in 1960, I think. I've, I've heard the name, but yeah. only only as like this was the first. or like this Yeah, was it's the, the first one that yeah. did that. But Black Christmas, so like the guy who plays the killer is the cameraman. <laughs> and it's the cameraman's hands that you see. They didn't hire an actor for it. They were just like, all right, cameraman, I forgot his name, Bob, you do it. Bob. And he was like, all right. There's a big reveal at the end, which is actually now a classic horror movie trope that has come back in multiple movies since, especially in the 2000s. And that's why I don't want to spoil it, because I didn't know that until I saw this movie and was like, what? That's where that came from? And I thought that was cool. John Carpenter, mm -hmm. who made Halloween. Mm hmm knew the creator of Black Christmas and wanted to collab on a sequel and was like, I want to do a sequel. I love this movie. And the guy who made Black Christmas, which I don't remember everyone's name off the top of my head because I'm a garbage person. Wow, how dare you? Black Christmas facts are great. Let me tell you the names of everybody because they deserve screenplay by Roy Moore. Uh, it was originally called The Baby... No. <laughs> yeah, it was originally called The Babysitter. Ooh. It was, uh, which, uh, before, they rewrote the script a bajillion times before they got to where it was. Ooh. And The Babysitter, written by R Roy Moore, which is what Black Christmas started off as, was about the uh, urban legend of a babysitter tormented by a killer who turns out to be doing spoilers. <laughs> 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 which that concept has also been made into other horror movies. Yes. So many babysitter movies. The concept was tweaked by writer Timothy Bond, who put it in a college setting, who eventually worked with Bob Clark. There was someone named Blah Bob. I fucking <laughs> knew it. Blah, someone named Bob. I fucking Blah knew it. Clark. Fucking knew it. John Carpenter was like, Clark, let's make a sequel. And Clark was like, no, I know something good when I see it, and it's a standalone classic. We are not pumping out good for cheap him. sequels. Because pumping out cheap sequels also wasn't really a thing yet. No. That became a big thing in the 90s. That's Spy when sequels kids, really... The Matrix. <laughs> All same of Same level. <laughs> the Matrix was 2001, but it's the same. So, so what inspired Michael Myers as a character was the killer in Black Christmas. He was like... Here's this, because his idea for the sequel was, we put him in an insane asylum, and he escapes on the holiday, Ooh. and wants to exact revenge, Ooh. and attack high school age teen girls, yeah. not, or like college age teen girls or whatever, yeah. but I think he liked the idea of like the babysitter as kind of like, because yeah. that was the original Black Christmas script was about like killing the babysitter so it was like tying it back in so it's kind of tying it back in and bob was like no i just like black christmas as it is but like you're totally fine to do go this idea it. and go for it and so he chose the holiday halloween oh. instead of christmas 
Okay. And I thought that was really cool. That's very cool. Yeah. (laughs) So think of Halloween in a weird way as like a weird sequel to Black Christmas. That's very, that's very fun. Mm -hmm. Like those sorts of facts are what make movies so much more fun to like watch a second time or with someone else. Like it makes it more of an experience. So I have a couple other little small facts and then we can move back on to your stuff. Um, Oh, okay. So one thing that's cool is that, so the movie, in the movie, there's like a bunch of creepy phone calls Mm -hmm. and the actor who did the creepy phone calls did it. And this is something to think about, I guess, when you watch the movie, he did it while standing upside down so that his larynx would be compressed and it would add a gruff, rough sound to his voice. And the actual actor who auditioned for, like, the voice of the killer, because obviously you don't see his face, he auditioned facing away the camera and the casting director so that they would only hear his voice and not see his expressions. That's so cool. And not judge him based off of his, like, facial acting. Because you can't not... I feel like the human brain is, like, conditioned yeah. to judge partly on looks. Yeah. So, like, that's so smart. The actor's name they... is Nick Mancuso, by the way. That's so interesting. Because yeah. I feel like they could have easily been, like, we just won't think about what he looks like. But even then, like, you're still going mm-hmm. to, like, that's part of, that's going to be part of your decision making, yeah. regardless. So, uh, Bob Clark, who's, like, the mastermind behind the whole movie, he did, so, it was, like, his project. Like, he yeah. helped with casting, he was a director, like, he was there for everything. Yeah. And he just felt, like, hyper-inspired all of a sudden to, to do this. He was like, I don't know why, but I, I have to make this movie. Oh. It was, it's really interesting. I love that. Um, Passion project. Yeah. I can tell you the backstory for the killer after you see it, but it... It's an, it's like a vague but interesting backstory that's supposed to kind of add clue wins as to why this person would do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but this but still keeps that air of mystery to them. I feel like it would be almost overly satisfying if you like if everything was explained. Because mm-hmm. that's that's never the point. That unknownness is like what keeps you coming back. Yeah, you know. So, legend has it, this is, like, obviously something I saw and wasn't sure if it was a fact. Okay. Um, this was Elvis Presley's favorite horror movie. Not Christmas movie, his favorite horror movie. Okay. But he had a tradition that he would watch it every Christmas. So, it might as well have been his favorite Christmas movie, too. Yeah. Uh, further rumors said that say that his family kept the tradition alive and watched it in his memory every Christmas. However, if this was true, though, then this tradition... Would have only happened three times before he died because he died in 1977 and it released in 1974. So that's kind of why it's like maybe it was a thing he did three years in a row. Maybe it wasn't. But it is said that he loved the movie. And that's something to say. Elvis Presley loved Black Christmas and I'll buy that. Regardless of whether or not he made it a tradition before he passed. I feel like with Elvis... (laughs) (laughs) I feel like with Elvis being, like, the huge, iconic legend that he is, like, there has to be a reason that that rumor or fact, like, started being circulated. Yeah. You know? Because, like, why... Like, it... It's only... It would only be relevant if it was Elvis. Like, if it was anyone else, like, whatever. Like... (laughs) But if Elvis, like, that is a fact worth writing down somewhere. 
I've been to, I've been to his house. His, 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 where he grew up house. My <laughs> childhood Oh, home. not the, not the one where he decorated, not the one no, in, not, uh, um, Green, Hartville, uh, Green, especially the G. Maybe it's not green, but it's like, gra- fuck the, where did Elvis, hey Siri, <laughs> where did Elvis live? The answer I found is Graceland. Graceland. Thank you, Siri. Not Graceland. Siri is a special guest on our podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Graceland. You, His house in Graceland is iconicized, I don't know if that's a word, to be gaudy yes. AF. Yes. No, I haven't been in that one. It was okay. his like childhood where he grew up home. It looks like an old house. There was a life-size cutout of Elvis there, and I do believe I have a picture of me standing next to it. That's amazing. Um, perhaps I, I will go find that one day. Um, send it to me, please, yes. I will. <laughs> perhaps, mayhaps, send it, please. I feel like, I feel like there was, like, some little, like, gift shop, and, like, me and my sibling put, like, crazy hats on and took a picture with it. I love this that. This is ringing a bell, and I'm going to find it. Yeah, we're going to see. This is true. I'm this happened. <laughs> this, this happened. It's yeah. True. My, uh, both my parents, big Elvis fans, he was known for extreme gaudiness, and uh, his house was, uh, in Graceland, was iconic because he themed every room to have a different theme. I just think that's cool. And my dad decided to do the same thing to his house and told me he did it because Elvis did it. And I was like, Father, I just... Oh, my God. And I love that. So my dad decided to theme his various rooms in his house after different European countries. (laughs) That's the whitest thing I've ever... he would fantasize a British hunting lodge would look like, complete with bear head on the wall, which, are there bears in Britain? I don't know, but that's what he said it was. Our our fancy, you don't sit in here living room, the fancy sitting room. You know the sitting room, right? I didn't have one, but yes, I know of it. I know, I'm sorry, I know that everyone has it, so sometimes I have to explain it. So we called what everyone else calls a living room the den growing up. And I actually had to re, I had to change my vocabulary in college because I called every living room a den. I'd be like, yeah, this is the den. And people would be like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, it's the living room. And they'd go, oh. My so our family had it. We had a. Did you call it a den? Well, before my sibling was born, there was the TV room and then there was the living room. Okay, so our TV but room then was the den. When my sibling was born, the den became their bedroom. <laughs> he did choose navy blue carpet for that room. I had navy blue carpet in my bedroom <laughs> growing up, actually. <laughs> And I loved it because I would play a game where it was like, if I step on the floor, I'm going to drown because it was like the ocean. (laughs) It was like the ocean. So I would like throw. So the floor is lava, the floor is ocean. Yes. And I would like throw, I would like close my eyes and throw a whole like handful of socks everywhere. And I would play this game where I would have to like get from my bed to the door and I would have to like jump on the socks and they were just little socks and it was if I missed, I drowned. Oh my god. And now I have a fear of drowning. <laughs> so Excellent. That worked out really well for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the living room, which is the fancy sitting room, uh, is themed France. 
So it has like a like those gaudy like gold chaise lounge chairs and like a lot of like ornate just stuff. So that's picturing your dad with a room like that is hilarious. It actually is, but my dad's a Virgo, so here we are. So the dining room is themed Italy. That makes sense. And it's then where you eat yeah. Italian food. And like he literally got big paintings of like uh like Grapes. Verona <laughs> and like random well not really, it's of the like gondola dudes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like of that and whatever. And like it looks nice. Like I honestly think the dining room looks really good. The only commentary I have about the living room is that the mirror is like a funhouse mirror. It's very wonky. But the Ooh. frame is pretty. And then the kitchen is, I don't fucking know what that is. It's something. It's a kitchen and it's just there. And its it looks nice. I, I feel like the kitchen is just an extension of the Italian dining room. Yeah. It just sort of had the same theme going. That makes sense. Yeah. But the piste de resistance Ooh. is the master fucking bathroom. Everything is gold. Gold bathtub, gold sinks. Everything a is gold. gold bathtub. If I ever do make continue making blog posts, I will include a photo of my dad's bathroom. Please. Actually, Please. I might include the French room as well because I convinced him to keep the clown painting. I think I. I think you mentioned it's this iconic clown. in my life. I feel like you I told him this in his will it better before. fucking be left to me. <laughs> my dad. My parents, but really it was my dad who was, like, the one to buy this painting. My dad is, like, I get all my morbid shit from him, right? That makes sense to me. I get all my morbid shit (laughs) from my dad. That makes sense to me. He, like, will talk about murder at the dinner table and will not see anything wrong with it. And it's great. Uh, As it should be. I love it. So we have this clown painting that my dad bought in the early 90s. My mom was just sort of like, okay, if you like it, (laughs) I guess we'll have it, even though it was like a $2,000 painting because it was an original piece. And it was like this Russian expressionist. It was a Russian expressionist piece. Holy shit. Or so my mom says in the 90s, it could have been something else entirely. (laughs) And it's of this really sad clown. But it is, if you look at the technique work, it is a beautiful painting. I remember my parents unwrapping this painting on Christmas, pretending it was from Santa. <laughs> like I, they, my parents used to do that. They used, they used to pretend that they got gifts from Santa to keep up the illusion for me and my brother. I love that. And like, or really, it's it was, also just genius too. Yeah, like they were like, we got gifts from Santa too. Oh my god, I got skis, like, <laughs> like shit, like that. Which yes, I did get a snowboard from Santa. Thanks for asking. <laughs> which like, no, I did not tell anyone at school because they, my parents clearly did not think that through on how I have friends who are poorer than me. But that's besides the fucking point. They got this painting from Santa, and it was a very sad clown painting. And I didn't really realize how fucking weird it was until college, when I was like, "This is a it weird, sad, incredibly weird painting." But for me and my family, this was normal every day. Yeah. Like we, we got a sad clown painting. Like that's just normal. Okay, I need to see the clown painting too now. I know. Which I'm almost wondering if I will regret seeing. But no, it's. I a- Need to beautiful see painting it. i loved it so anyways uh, i learned that growing up 
when I got to college, I asked my entire family individually how they felt about this clown painting. My dad was like, loved it when he bought it, could kind of take it or leave it now. I googled the artist and that painting is now worth at least $6,000. It went up in value. I will post the, the clown painting so you all can judge for yourselves. I had never heard of what I what my story is about tonight and um, we all know nativity scenes. Okay. Um, yeah. You got Joseph. You got your Mary. You got your three wise guys. You yeah. got your angel. Uh, you got adorable farm animals. A Christmas lobster. Sometimes. You want. Sometimes. <laughs> Who knows? A camel if you're my church. And you were in the fifth grade Christmas pageant. Like all the little babies, like their parents could bring them dressed up as like whatever animal. Like sometimes they came dressed up as like their old Halloween costume. So you, so you would have like, like a, a little, little, like the Christmas cat. Yes, yes. <laughs> or like in some, it wasn't even always an animal either. Like, like the Christmas witch. Like yes. Like, <laughs> people like kids would just come dressed up as like whatever Spider Man. And then the fifth graders had the characters from like the actual like thing that happened in the bible um and then there was the christmas camel (laughs) which was this i have no idea where they got this thing but it was a huge two-person camel costume so one person was the head and the head of the camel like sat on your shoulders so it was like really tall and like the the costume came down to like your waist, and then someone had to be the ass of the camel, <laughs> the butt. Um, so you're like literally like leaned over, like holding onto the person in front of you. <laughs> um, I personally really loved being the camel's ass um, <laughs> because one, I got to get out of sitting through the whole fucking like service. And me and my friend would take turns being either the head or the ass, and we would like cha cha down. The, like, aisle of the church, like, to whatever fucking him, And it was just, it was the best time. I, I did it until I was, like, 16 or 17. Like, honestly, I oh had. God. Yes, I had the best fucking time. You were time. a camel's butt for almost 10 years. Yes, and I'm fucking <laughs> proud of it. What, what do you want to say? Are you jealous? A little bit. Because you should be. A little bit, yeah. It was amazing. I, I didn't even, I've never even seen a nativity play that wasn't on, like, a televised TV show. Ours was legit. Like, a shout out to my mom, who was the director for a long so time. So that's how you got this lead role of the camel, but you got your first fucking pick. Absolutely. Who gives a shit about Mary when you can be a camel's butt? Okay, yes. Like, Actually, though. Yes, though. It was so fun. No matter, you know, whatever is at your nativity scene. But you have to have your baby Jesus. Your baby Jesus. Uh, some know him as the light of the world. Or the king of the Jews. Or the son of David, the son of God, or the son of man. Take your pick. I didn't know um, he was called the light of the world. Um, but, I mean, he's iconic. He's baby Jesus. <laughs> he's iconic. <laughs> You know, you heard it here first, folks. The iconic baby Jesus. The iconic infant himself, Jesus. And apparently, some people get really, really upset when baby Jesus gets stolen. <laughs> Did this happen at your church? Uh, not, not at my, I don't think we had an outdoor nativity scene. Oh, I meant from your play. Oh, for my play? Oh, no. Did someone play a baby? 
Yes, actually. Oh, that's kind of creepy. We used a real baby, actually. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> because <laughs> that, it's like actual children uh, holding it, a real baby. This was like an indoor pageant for the church. Well, now I really hope no one stole No one that stole baby. any babies from the church. <laughs> nativity plastic in the yes, yard literal, like wooden plastic like the big boys on your lawn okay yes out, okay. In, out in the open not like i'm uh, not like an in your house jesus like an outside jesus not like the little guys you have on your table no okay no. usually these are bored teenagers on a holiday break looking for some fun some mischief no harm done unless you're christian and then you're offended but um, I so. honestly, if anyone who listens to us is Christian, I really want you to send me your opinions on everything we talk about. Because I feel like we have always spoken about Christians on this podcast as like a myth. Like, it is like, sort of uh, like witches, like all uh, Christians. Yeah, like I feel like the way we speak about Christians is probably how 50 years ago people talked about like witches like a mythical yeah. thing that might exist around us but we're not sure if you're there yeah i my mom i grew up episcopal and what's the difference between that and other christians um episcopal is the cool kind of christian where you we're just... like down to clown <laughs> uh, <laughs> icp christians <laughs> No, like, like every every like celebration of Jesus had like some sort of, some form of like booze punch bowl. Gay people are great. Women can be preacher top dog people. Okay, so um, it was it was this umbrella of like as long as you're a good person, Jesus loves you. Yeah, so think like all the pomp and circumstance of Catholicism, so the cool robes and the huge organs and amazing choirs and like gold goblets and shit, but also we love gay marriage. And like also if you get divorced, great, you do you. Like saints, we love them. We don't think they're like as good as Jesus, but like they're fun. Let's, Let's like talk about saints sometimes. They're cool guys. Okay. Like, let's all just have a good fucking time. I'm now thinking the church I grew up next to was Episcopal. Yes. Maybe. Episcopalian? I don't know. Episcopalian, yes. It's the coolest sounding one, too. It's a Methodist church. Ooh. I what mean, does a Methodist oh, mean? What's the difference? A Methodist is um, you get grape juice instead of wine. Whether you're a child or an adult. Clearly, as you can tell, I never went there, except for after school program, because both of my parents were full-time boss girls. Yeah. (laughs) Your dad was a boss girl? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. My, uh, I decided to look up my entire family astrological chart today because I was bored. And I learned that not only is my father a Virgo, as we said earlier, 
His Mars is in Capricorn. He is a boss girl. Hashtag boss girl. In the Harry Potter Gen Z version where it's like they girl bossed too close they to the sun. They girl bossed too close to the sun. That's my father. He is hashtag girl boss. He is hashtag work hard for the money and theme every room in your house and make it all gold. <laughs> I love my father so much sense. I love my dad to death. I feel like he's the one person in my family where we like, yes, you're weird and we get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my mom is sort of like, I tolerate your weirdness and I accept it. And my brother's just sort of like, this isn't what I meant by be the cool weird nerdy kid. <laughs> <laughs> my brother was like, No, I need you to be nerdy under my standards, not yours. Oh. He never meant anime. That apparently was the dark side, and I went too far. <laughs> he, was like, I he was like, I only meant comic books. No. <laughs> no. Why don't you like football, child? <laughs> because Sasuke told me no. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I've had too much wine in the show. So... <laughs> So some of my, we're going to start off with some of the lighthearted goofs, um, and then we'll go into where it gets a little more serious. This is all about baby Jesus? Yes, people stealing baby Jesus. So It is, I will get to it. Okay. It's a phenomenon. <laughs> it is. I'm learning. Some might call it an epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> One of my favorite things that I found, just to, just to set the mood, if you will, is this sign. You know how churches have like road signs with like quotes on them that change? Yeah. This one, Alameda Christian Reformed Church in Alameda, California. Their sign one day after their baby Jesus got stolen said, quote, bring be bring back baby Jesus and no one will get hurt. God. <laughs> <laughs> Direct from God. <laughs> Bring back baby Jesus or you don't get the fucking Glock. I will find you and I will kill you. God. I love that so much. And then there was this thing on Twitter. It was um at Jesse Vitelli. He said, last night consisted of stealing baby Jesus, bring him to Taco Bell, trying to pick up girls, and then returning him to his rightful place. <laughs> so he took a baby Jesus to Taco Bell because he thought it would help him pick up girls but and it, then it didn't but so it was a fake baby yeah yeah did it go oh he's just sleeping <laughs> and they were like that's a plastic toy sir but like taco bell though like it makes sense to me what is a reformed church churches get reformed all the time what is that it mean? just means they make changes because the old way was like bad or outdated or wrong or whatever oh so they're like we were bad christian before and now we're better christian i think that's kind of the idea but like over the like literal centuries the the church capital c church has been reformed a gazillion times so, realistically, every Christian is a Reformed Christian. In 2008, five different Pennsylvania nativity sets were turned into crime scenes. <laughs> One family had their baby Jesus stolen for the second year in a row, while another family's brand new light-up baby Jesus 
was taken. Cord and all. Wait, I thought you said they were turning the crime scenes as in they rearranged the characters. No, and but that was blood on them <laughs> and turned it in and like put in like I mean, crime scene tape around it. <laughs> well, this is a crime scene. So now, okay, so now I want to have a nativity scene in my front yard. But take, like, get rid of the baby crime part. Crime scene, do not enter. And then put, like, crime scene tape around it with, like, random blood splatter. Like, nondescript in random places that don't actually and make little, sense. little evidence tags. Little evidence everywhere. tags everywhere. Maybe put out, like, a sketch draw out around oh, the body where. outline. No, if you do it around where baby is, then that means the baby died. So put it around someone else, a lamb, I don't know, just around oh, something. No. <laughs> put it around, like, Joseph. The I don't angel. Know. The angel's already dead, so, like. The angel, yeah. I just have a random, dead. like, police chalk line of a body. This <laughs> <laughs> is my new Christmas lawn decor. <laughs> no, like, a crime scene, like, there was a crime that happened. Okay, there. I see now. <laughs> this brand new light-up baby, Jesus, got stolen. It like, must have been fucking expensive. Like, someone saw that baby Jesus and was like, I need that one. Mine doesn't light up. Theirs does. I gotta have it. Him. And then somewhere down the street, you just see one random light up baby <laughs> in the yard. No just one else. Just the baby Jesus. Just. <laughs> lit up and they're like, wow, that looks just like mine. It's crazy. Speaking of baby Jesus is being expensive. <laughs> The same year, 2008, a $1,800 Italian-made ceramic baby Jesus figurine went missing from Palm Beach, Florida. An $1,800 baby Jesus. That's what I would have stolen that baby <laughs> fucking too and sold that shit. Are you kidding me? I know. A $2,000 baby yeah. Jesus? Italian. Italian, and it's Italian ceramic a baby Jesus. And then in Franklin, Tennessee, this one's a little less expensive, but still expensive. Um, so so first one would be like Buckhead Baby Jesus, second one would be like Dunwoody Jesus. And <laughs> <laughs> none of you guys are educated on like the the Atlanta neighborhoods politics. of yeah, Atlanta politics and boroughs. <laughs> so in Franklin <laughs> In Franklin, Tennessee, a baby Jesus that was estimated to be worth at least $1,000 was stolen from a church. Who the fuck is taking these babies? Lots of people, actually. I don't think a real human baby is worth that much. Sometimes it's not even just baby Jesus. In Texas, not only was the baby Jesus stolen, but also a little drummer boy and all the sheep. Sheep. Someone had a plan. Although I like that they kept all the sheep together. Like they didn't want to separate them. <laughs> like as a family. We can take the baby away from its parents, but God forbid we separate the sheep but from baby their family. Jesus also had little drummer boy as company. So like, yeah. So like a foster brother. Okay, yes. not the same as Who's your to mom say it and wasn't, dad. I'm not gonna try. I, I shouldn't. Don't do I was, it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Okay. Okay. A long quote from a website called vocative.com. Police in Fredericksburg, Texas, were so concerned with the Son of God's whereabouts that they took to Facebook to aid their search, posting, Who stole baby Jesus from the Central Park nativity scene? 
The child had recently gone missing from a shopping center parking lot, even though he weighed a hefty 80 pounds. The owners had decided... An 80-pound baby? (laughs) The owners had decided to fill it with cement in order to deter any kidnapping, but a 25-year-old Walmart employee stole the statue anyway. Police were tipped off after she posted a photo of the baby on Facebook bragging of the crime. Quote, it's so stolen, she commented. Now, in case you're out there and you're like, wow, this sounds like a fun thing to do. An 80-pound baby, though? It was filled with concrete. (laughs) Probably to keep it from being stolen. Yeah, yeah, literally. How big But apparently this 25-year-old Walmart employee didn't give a fuck. She was, like, ripped, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> she was. She has been going <laughs> She worked gym. out for this. She prepared. <laughs> She's like, all right, I gotta be able to lift at least 80 pounds to pull I gotta off. get my macros in a day to lift this baby Jesus. <laughs> How many baby Jesuses can you lift? <laughs> Let me go bench press this baby Jesus real quick. All right, so now, as hilarious as this is, it's not a cool thing to do. And the prime example is that the biggest asshole, potentially of all time, Marilyn Manson. Ugh, yeah, actually. I know, not to to put a damper on all of this. um, Stated in his autobiography that as teenagers, he and his friends would take baby Jesuses and replace them with hams, and they sent a letter to their local newspaper, posing as a black radical group, saying that it was a protest against, quote, the plasticization of the black man's wisdom with the so-called white Christmas. Pretends to be a black person to get put in the media. Yeah, like, like literally just a garbage. The, 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 mm. Literally. Garbage. Not even, that's an insult I feel to like garbage. it's not... If first of all, growing up as a like white suburban boy, uh, first of all, it's not your right to uh, pose as anything other than that. That's so fucked up. Like you're literally blaming your own crimes on a and black on the black community group. and and marginal. Oh my fuck, that makes I, me very angry. I know. Holy shit! I already knew he sucked. Like, I know. And, like, for years, I don't know what it was. I remember as a kid seeing him and being, like, and it wasn't his imagery. He's the cringiest, though. It wasn't even his imagery. Something about him. I remember I remember even being 13 and looking at photos of him and, like, being friends with the other friends. Friends is a very loose quotation. Of the other goth girls in my middle school. And they're, like, I want to marry Marilyn Manson. He's so hot. And me looking at photos of him and being, like, He's trying too hard, and I don't understand why, and I don't like it. Like I was like, there's something about Everything him I'm not a ever fan of. Was a publicity stunt, <clears throat> actually. Every single fucking thing. That's it, right there. Don't be like Marilyn Manson because th- he sucks ass. I think that's why I've never been a huge fan of his music is because there's like no heart to it. No, most of these thefts are just kind of goofy times. No real harm done. Um, probably still shouldn't have done it, um, but some of these instances get taken a little too far. But in Arkansas, um, a baby Jesus was recovered after being stolen, but it was damaged and marked with, quote, 
racial slurs, a swastika, and a Hitler mustache. That sounds like a 15-year-old boy somewhere. A 19-year-old was arrested and charged with misdemeanor theft. I fucking believe it! It all has an air of humor to it, 100%. However, it has definitely been taken too far. This whole phenomenon of manger larceny is, um... It has been called an epidemic um, because, <laughs> literally, because instances continue to be reported every year. Um, they keep occurring and they're happening as far away as Sweden, like all over the country and then in other countries. So it's like a literal widespread thing, thing that's happening. So kids basically think baby Jesus steal. Haha, <laughs> funny. Yeah. Like, it has its own Wikipedia article, so you know it's real. Now, this has become such a thing, this epidemic, that a lot, there are literal articles online where it's like, how to protect your baby Jesus, like, how to not have your baby Jesus get stolen, that many churches and homeowners have actually taken to installing security cameras where they monitor the nativity scene to, like, get footage of anyone attempting or successfully stealing the baby Jesus or oh, yeah. or other members of the nativity scene. Um, other members of the band. <laughs> the gang. <laughs> Sometimes they will also hide GPS tracking devices in the figurines. And I mean, if I had a $2,000 baby Jesus... Yeah, I'd put a tracking fucking device on I it. would. Absolutely. But why would you... First of all, have a $2,000 baby Jesus. I guess if you're a church in Palm Beach, Florida, you did until it got stolen. Yikes. Yeah, $2,000 uh. could have gone to, I don't know, helping people. I feel like a lot of Christians wouldn't want to skimp on Jesus, you know? Like, Jesus is like... <laughs> the image of the church like, is more important than helping your people. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. It's just funny because I remember there's the whole thing where, like, Jesus is in everyone and in everything and takes many forms and stuff. But he has to, like, if you really want to be a good Christian, he needs to look good. You need to put money he, into it. Uh, first of all, like, <laughs> get it? Good plastic surgeon. He's got to look hot. <laughs> He's got to look sexy. Get that face He's got to be... <laughs> No, so one of my favorite memes is the youth pastor memes. Oh my god! Where it's just like, no, but a youth pastor. You want to know who also had a really bizarre adventure? <laughs> <laughs> like, you want to know who also just Honestly, just gotta catch them all? I loved every youth group leader I ever had. They always do the like. That was all fun and games, but you know who also just. No, Wild, wacky cool. teen stuff that we're going to no. relate to you on. Youth group was fun. My One of my youth group leaders introduced me to the Pretenders. What's the Pretenders? The, uh, the, the not band? The, not, the, not the Pretenders, the Foo Fighters. Oh, the Foo Fighters. They have a song Foo called Fighters, the, Pretenders. the Pretenders. I know. I love they, the Foo Fighters. And, the Foo Fighters. That's the thing he, about church, church bands and church youth pastors. They're interestingly into alternative rock for some reason. Like, we would have taco nights every Wednesday. He was, like, dope. Love you, Andrew. Um, anyways. <laughs> I do have one. I attempted to join a youth group. Yeah. And I have a, a couple weird experiences, but there's one in particular that stands out Ooh. that I will... To this day, I'm sort of like, how did we relate this to Jesus? So, (laughs) 
They used to do fun little contests and little things that they would spin into somehow being a metaphor for a story in the Bible. This is when I was in middle school and I was trying really hard to make friends and it really wasn't working. So this youth group, they got a bunch of boy volunteers, very specifically boys for some reason. I guess they thought girls would cry or something. And they gave them all gallons of milk and told them all to chug it until they couldn't anymore. So all these boys tried really hard to like chug this gallon of milk and couldn't. And of course you can't chug a gallon of milk and they all started throwing up and stuff. And they had like tarps and stuff out. Like it was like really wild. And yes, this was Mount Pisgah. So (laughs) (laughs) because I live walking distance to that church. (laughs) And it was like really weird and all the other boys kind of like gave up before they actually got sick because they were feeling sick and this one kid didn't and like had to go to the bathroom he was vomiting and stuff and they were somehow like so today we learned a lesson that too much of something is bad for you and like somehow found a way to relate this to something in the bible really fucking weird and i was like how is this super fun cool activity we witnessed related to jesus no 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 you should come to my youth group we played fucking laser tag we like we had like a whole bunch of like laser tag guns yeah and um the little like uh clip on like target things we would play laser tag we would order pizza we would watch movies and then there would be like five minutes where it's like, all right, Jesus. And then you go home. And it was great. It was honestly super fun. Like the youth group room was like decked out. It was super fun. It was like, think like green room in yeah. theater. It was like. Yeah, that's how ours was like a green room where there was like, here's a, they had a. Um, like a bunch of couches. There was a foosball table. And the arcade machines. We didn't have those. Okay, well, I really... Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> arcade machines. <laughs> arcade machines. Ooh. I want to tell you now, I was part of this youth group for about one month before I was like, <laughs> I don't think this is for me. No, my youth group was great. And we the, the trips we did were cool. Uh, we went to Mexico. Um, we went to New York City. It was, it was a great fucking time. Great fucking time. Legit, honestly. That's great. It's where I met... It's how I met my first boyfriend, actually. Oh. Yeah. Joe. He was a good one. I liked him. Yeah, that's nice. Good Joe. Go yeah. Joe. He was, he was a, good, Yay, he was a good guy. We liked we liked Joe. I didn't make a single friend out of youth group, nor boyfriend, but it I do remember... Like it's probably for the best, though. I do remember the youth, youth group was like that, though. Yeah, the youth pastor, I do remember one day I was there, like, wanted to point out that we're all racist. <laughs> Which was interesting. And it was in a really interesting way. It was like, everyone was supposed to write down, what do you think the most popular name in the world is? Most people wrote down John. Well, the answer to the question is actually Muhammad. Muhammad. Which, of course, none of us random white kids in, like, upper white class suburbia was going to put that. And he was like, ha ha, you're all racist. He didn't say that, but he might as well have. (laughs) That's not how I would have made that point, but I mean, it's a good, like, it's a good, 
like trivia fun fact. It is a good trivia fun fact, <laughs> but it definitely really felt like a, I know you're not going to get this because you're a privileged, privileged white asshole child. It's also so like, by the fucking like, way, more this... people in the world exist. And then he went, you want to know who's from the Middle East? Jesus. <laughs> like That's kind of how that went. So like, he was like, hey, you have this bad trait, but here's no context as to why you have this trait, how it got there, what it means, what yes. to do with it. You just have it. You just have it. You're just a racist. <laughs> you just have no concept of the rest of the world and cool. other countries. So anyways, back to <laughs> Plastic Baby Jesus. Um, so some people put their GPS tracking devices, and then there's some more DIY methods. Some people fill them with concrete. So some people um, like bolts or glue the figurines down like to the That's ground. Good. Some literally like chain them to concrete blocks or trees um <laughs> how do they okay i some there was one um place that put uh plexiglass around their nativity scene barbed wire you might as well put like the crime scene tape <laughs> I, which i also was like hmm i You've turned it, somehow you managed to turn the nativity scene into a zoo. A prison. A prison oh, like zoo. A prison yard. <laughs> Jesus. But Which is also a fun concept for your but, Christmas decor. Yeah. <laughs> Put them all in orange jumpsuits. Orange jumpsuits. <laughs> this is why we're called corn on the macabre. macabre. There's, a, there's a sentence here, but it's not finished, and then that's it, so... I finished my research. The idea was I was going to say, so while this trend doesn't seem to be getting any less popular, at least one, and then I was going to insert a quote from this guy that said, like, you know, if anything, I think the idea of people taking home baby Jesus is great for Christianity because Jesus belongs with everyone everywhere. <laughs> Even your $2,000 baby yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I just thought that was, like, a really great... It's very sweet. A really great way to perceive this phenomenon as a whole. Just be like, yeah, everyone needs a little Jesus in their life. Like, take him. Go ahead. And so that's major larceny, baby Jesus theft. I love it. Ta-da. That's so good. So mine have nothing to do with baby Jesus. This worked out great. Great! Oh. Mine is just weird... And interesting crimes that centered around Christmas. Like, they were, they like, they all specifically pertained to Christmas. It wasn't, like, a crime that happened to take place on Christmas. So, originally, I looked up murders that took place on Christmas. As you do. I did, too. And that's very depressing. But the most Amityville horror part of it was the fact that so many of these stories were like, father kills entire family on Christmas. Nobody knows why. Sometimes the father went into the woods and committed suicide afterwards. Sometimes he was just arrested. Cool. And it was really weird and dark and uncomfortable. And I was like, I don't know if I want that for my Christmas special. Right. So, 
I went in a different direction, and I am so sorry, but I... It seemed I, like we both understood the assignment the same way. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> we're not here to upset people on Christmas. We're just trying to come up with interesting... We're just having a good time. Fun, but dark we're things. We're just goofing. So I'm going to start with, uh, in 2011, a man named Terry Trent of Dayton, Ohio. Terry Trent? Terry Trent. Terry Trent. He might as well have his own Christmas movie. <laughs> the classic tale of Terry Trent of Dayton, Ohio, got blasted on bath salts. <laughs> as one does on Christmas Day. And this wasn't Christmas Day, it's just Christmas so time. It was during December. It's more festive than bath salts. <laughs> You gotta get in the Christmas spirit, if you know what I mean. So he was feeling the Christmas spirit. Oh, I bet. He was, the Holy Ghost possessed him oh, in this it. moment as he walked into his neighbor's house and what? decorated the whole thing. He walked into his neighbor's house, blasted on fucking bath salts. And tastefully arranged <laughs> the entire house in Christmas decor. <laughs> did he did he bring the decor with him? Yes. What? <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> he brought it all with him. And he decorated the whole house. <laughs> he lit candles. Tastefully arranged them on the coffee and kitchen table. He hung up a Christmas wreath on the garage door. Aww. He relished in the merry scene <laughs> by blaring the television with Christmas music and movies. As you do. And when he was finished, he took to uh, playing with some toys under the tree. <laughs> and it was at this moment... The 11-year-old child who lives in the house woke up because it was the middle of the night and went to his parents' bedroom and was like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) (laughs) That they were like, oh, (laughs) you can't be here. Love what you've done with the place. thank you. Love what you've done with the place. But you, but you have to leave. <laughs> what? An amazing person. What crime was done this day? I don't know. Uh, I love it. Like, the crime of passion and love for Christmas. High as a kite, his inhibitions down, and instead of doing something for himself, he did something for his neighbor. For if his that's neighbor. not the fucking Christmas spirit, I don't know what is. As I said, he Breaking was, into your neighbor's house and decorating... I mean, just, I mean, hats off to him, man. As I stated earlier, um, possessed by the Holy Ghost oh, yes. himself. Yes. He was just trying to do what was right by himself and his neighbor. And his neighbor's child who, yes, yes. dare I say, deserve the dedication and decor <laughs> this man brought to the table. <laughs> so that's the story of Terry Trent doing his best. A Terry fucking Terry Trent icon Christmas icon amazing I don't wait for St. Nicholas to come down the chimney I wait for Terry Trent to (laughs) go (laughs) up
bath salts. Oh, your you decorations know? look so good. Who did them? Oh, Terry came. You know who deserves milk and cookies because they're high as shit? Terry Trent. Terry. I leave out my leftover Chinese food for Terry Trent on Christmas Eve. When he's got the munchies. Yes. I don't know if bath salts give you munchies, but I'm assuming they do. Probably. So the next also, like, there's a theme on mine, and you'll pick up on the theme. So the next very short, very sweet. No, it's being high. (laughs) (laughs) So this is great. A Chilean woman, Angelica Naravo Piera. Nailed it. 50 years old. Was busted by the police after they discovered her Christmas tree was actually a 1.9 meter tall pot plant (laughs) surrounded by presents. That's a six foot tall pot plant. I thought the yard was three feet. One meter is three feet. Oh, second. It's a six foot tall tree. One meter is six feet? It's... One meter is three feet, sorry. Oh, damn, you were right. It's 3.2. Well, excuse me. One meter is 3.2 feet. Excuse me. It was a six-foot tall I'm... pot plant disguised as a Christmas tree. Yes. Was it decorated? I don't know, but she was getting lit that Christmas. <laughs> For some reason in her she family, was it the was the merriest of Christmases. I know this sounds really weird, but for some reason in her family, the way you celebrate Christmas is lighting the Christmas tree on fire. (laughs) That is not quoted here, I'm assuming. Like the ultimate (laughs) hot pot. (laughs) Like I don't think you can get high by just being in close proximity to a pot plant tree, but if you were to burn that baby down. (laughs) Or it's like, um, it's like an advent calendar where you like take a leaf off the tree every day and just smoke it and like that yeah, part it's of your it. advent calendar. <laughs> we love you to heard see it, it here first. <laughs> Get your pot trademarked. Get your pot plant, plant advent tree calendar. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so next short but sweet story is um, a man. Don. <laughs> I ain't the best one so far. (laughs) A man. (laughs) I think I've heard of that story before, actually. (laughs) A man, and he exists. The end. No, so no notes. (laughs) I'm gonna throw up. Oh my god. Why? Junior, uh huh, thirty one years old, right? Stole a handful of snakes. <laughs> what? He stole a handful Why? of snakes. <laughs> what kind of snakes? I don't know, but he stole a handful of snakes from a local pet shop, <laughs> as well as the cash register. Wait, uh, he's, wait, 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 wait! He stole snakes from the. No, cash register. So he went to a pet store, Uh grabbed a handful of snakes. (laughs) As you do. (laughs) 
cash register, two hands. Okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. 31 years old, stole these items, was arrested for burglary, clearly. (laughs) And when they said, why'd you do it? He goes, it was for my son for Christmas. (laughs) He stole a handful of steaks as well as the cash register for his son's Christmas gift that year. You know, honestly, though... I would love a pet snake would be an amazing Christmas gift. But a handful. Also, a handful of cash would also be a great Christmas gift. But a handful of snakes. So, I mean, honestly, even better. (laughs) So, he honestly was doing right by his son. Honestly. He knew his son had a passion and he he, was not going to stand by. He was not going to give up on it. And Uh not let it be unrecognized. The determination. That is is fatherhood right there. It is. It's a handful of snakes. It's a handful of snakes. Donald. Donald. That took a lot to the get man. So my last one is, um, and this is also pretty good, another man really feeling the Christmas spirit, the, the, the spirit of giving. So a man. A man. We know, we know this story. A man. We know this story. Um, Donald? So a man claiming to be Santa Claus was arrested um, in January... I didn't write down. Who the fuck would arrest Santa Claus? Well, first of all, they arrested Randy Lang, who was dressed as Santa Claus. I mean, still, like, I feel like I would feel so bad. Like, I'm sorry, Santa. Like, I gotta bring you downtown. Well, you're about to find out why. Uh oh. Because we were at a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings when this Santa Claus got arrested. Oh. At Buffalo Wild Wings. I believe, I didn't write down the year, but I'm pretty sure I remember it was 2015. Oh, was it? So Randy Lang, 57-year-old man, dressed as Santa Claus in the Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> <laughs> and believe it or not, this was not Florida. Was he, uh, was he <laughs> dressed as Santa Claus for like an event at Buffalo Wild Wings? No. Or he was just dressed up as Santa Claus and then just decided to partake in some delicious chicken wings. He decided that everybody partaking in their delicious wings deserved a little Christmas treat (laughs) and their Christmas treat as he so put it was Uh napkins with weed nuggets (laughs) (laughs) you know what goes great with chicken wings so uh he was arrested for handing out marijuana to all the nasty folks okay, here so at the he Buffalo also Wild Wings, he was a 57 year old man named Randy Lang, just a Santa Claus, probably. You know, I really feel like he and Donald would have been buddies. Oh yeah, buddies. Oh yeah, big like the dream team. Big Kool Aid Man. Oh yeah, vibes. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, he literally walked in and was, like, literally they were in napkins. He wrapped them up in napkins and were handing them to at patrons. At the Buffalo Wild Wings. just a Santa. Oh, shit. God damn it. So you can imagine people were like, thanks, Santa. Thanks, Santa. <laughs> Smart ones stuff that shit in their purse. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like Buffalo Wild Wings is exactly the place where this would happen. Absolutely. Exactly the place where exactly. this would happen. Exactly. And so um, he was declaring that he was, in fact, Santa Claus. He was going like, ho, 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 and giving (laughs) shit out. He even stuffed a bunch of weed in the tip jar 
before getting arrested. So the tip jar had like you guys have just, been great. Just Here full of go. nugs, full of nugs, full you, of flour. You keep the change, and uh, <laughs> that's all my Christmas crimes and Santa Claus being blazed as hell. Which honestly, I learned this recently. Jolly back in olden times meant being drunk. So Santa with his rosy cheeks, being a jolly old man. Well, you know how they describe drunk AF Tolkien's the hobbits were all like jolly folks because they were drunkards. No, because they were smoking the weed. They were smoking weed and drunk. I'm gonna say both because they like their their mead and their beer. Uh huh. And you know what? I bet that's why Santa really wanted cookies. <laughs> Like some like <laughs> fat old he like saw a reindeer high he was like, drunk man was you like can fly. I got some fucking reindeer. Those fuckers fly. And some kid was like, I'm scared. He's like, You got any fucking cookies, kid? They're just like, I guess. Great. Here's a toy. Like, come on. Here's a fucking present. They're like, oh, This is my neighbor's doll. <laughs> Did you steal this? No. Be grateful, no, you little Santa. shit. I'm a fucking saint. I'm Saint Nicholas. Santa. We love him. We love him. I, love, I love Santa. Good job. But if you Santa. want to know where his rosy cheeks came from, it's tequila. <laughs> <laughs> he had a little bit of his Christmas wine before coming down to your chimney. I he mean, couldn't find the front door, so he climbed the damn house and came through the chimney. If you're flying around in a sleigh with no protection from the elements, I too would get nice and toasty on some wine before I head out into the snow and cold. Also, your front door is locked. Of course I'm going to sneak in through the chimney. How the fuck else am I going to get into your... Very secure locked I'm, home. I'm way too high to like figure out a lock and like open a window. Like, no, I'm just gonna go into the giant opening on your roof. Duh. We got it figured out. We did. We figured out Christmas, Katie. We did. We fucking, we we fucking solved, solved the, the riddle. We solved the mystery. We did it. We did it. And this has been Christmas Crimes. It was great. <laughs> We, we, I love how we were like, this is going to be a really short episode. Yes. Lo and behold, it is Oops. not. Can we just acknowledge that my puppy has been so good and quiet? She knew we were working. She was like, I know this is important to you guys. I'm going to hang out here. Although I'm a little offended that she has slept through so much of this. Like, She's going to listen to it later. We work hard, Lumi. This she's is not just, you can't just sleep through all this amazing content. She's planning on um, listening to it later on her work day. <laughs> she's going to have her little earbuds in and be like, oh, baby Jesus, $2,000. <laughs> she has right, her face eggnog. That makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. All right, well, thank you guys for listening to Christmas Crimes. This has been Crown the Macabre. You can follow us on social media. You can Please. rate and review on Apple Please. Podcasts. And you can also maybe not steal the baby Jesus. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. We will be mad. So I'll laugh, but then I'll be really mad. I, I will, yeah. I won't, I won't laugh because that encourages you, so don't do it. All right, thank you guys, and keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.
intro music by Richie Gaser from The Phantom Friends. They're pretty good. Give them a listen.